Hello and welcome to Plot Points Podcast, where we talk all things screenwriting. I'm Mark Sevy, your host, and I'm joined today by Chris Styers, Bruce Kazra, and Steve Tiso. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. This is Plot Points Podcast. Hi, this is Mark with Plot Points Podcast. Uh, it is a wonderful, beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially since I have uh, some great uh, co-hosts here. There's uh, my friend and uh, uh, sometimes collaborator, Chris Styers. How are you, Chris? I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> yeah, you keep <laughs> saying that. I'm sure, did that make it into your top five uh, quotes, movie quotes? Oh, no. Oh, gosh, I, I would have thought. <laughs> It would have been number one with a bullet. So. Somebody suggested that I go with this century. <laughs> so a lot of really great stuff kind of got left out. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't follow my own advice. So huh. <laughs> that'll that'll learn you. Uh, yep. We also have a uh, oftentimes seen but never understood uh, Bruce Kazra. How are you, Bruce? <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, Mark. Uh, I, I speak in cryptic tongues, but uh, what I say matters. <laughs> yeah. So, so at least yourself and your mom. I get it. Okay. Yeah, she, uh, she enjoys it. And uh, we have one of my uh, students who is, um, you know, accomplished something really terrific. He's finished his first script, which is, you know, you you all think, oh, well, that's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. There's plenty of people in my classes who never, ever get close to this. So we decided to have him on to talk to him a little bit about uh, the, his process and what he learned. Uh, his name is Steve Tiso. Hey, Steve. Hey, thanks, Mark. And uh, nice to see Chris and, and Bruce. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, we're all uh, we're all coming to each other via the, the magic of Zoom. So we, we mm -hmm. can't actually see anyone except when Bruce... Briefly had his camera on and looked really like like a, like a, you know what it looked like one of those ring cameras where the where the guy comes up and doesn't want to be seen fully. So <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk through the TV and come straight straight into your house, Mark. <laughs> All right, cool. Something to something to talk about. Um, so this was the week of the Academy Award nominations. Um, <clears throat> where excuse me, <clears throat> we're at it. We're probably all at a disadvantage. I'm sure. Nobody's seen all the movies or even even a good portion of them. Um, but anybody have any comments on? Let's let's keep it to best picture and best uh, screenplay, original screenplay. Um, any comments on any of the uh, nominees? Did you think Did you think Black Panther was worthy of a best picture? And um, the screenplays like uh, Let's see, The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice were the original. What'd you guys think? Any any thoughts on any of these? Um, I'd like to jump in there, Mark. Uh, on I actually uh, ended up seeing Vice last night, uh, mm. so I, I was really blown away by the movie. I think it really deserves um, all the nominations it's getting, both from an acting standpoint and just uh, from the movie as a whole. Um, the writing was excellent. Uh, the pacing was really great. It was one of those movies where uh, 
you really get captivated really quickly. I feel like usually for me, eventually I get a little bit bored during movies and I start looking at uh, why they chose certain shots or look at mm-hmm. the camera angle. This movie, I just completely forgot about all of that and I just was sucked into the story. So uh, for that reason alone, I, I, I'm really happy that it's nominated. Uh, for Black Panther, um, I thought it was a so-so Marvel movie, personally, mm-hmm. from a story perspective, but uh, seeing that it, it was and I guess continues to be a cultural phenomenon, I think it definitely deserves a spot on mm-hmm. this list. Okay. Um, anybody else want to... I, I... I don't. I kind of disagree with you, Bruce. I don't think it was so. So I think it was one of the best movies Marvel's done as far as, um, you know, introducing. It's an origin story. So origin stories are always difficult because you have to cover a lot of ground that people either already know or don't really care about. Uh, but I thought they did a really good job in introducing us to the Black Panther world and taking that character in a full arc uh, all the way through. So I do think it deserved the best picture nomination and and i'm happy to see that it's represented i saw green book uh, i i loved green book by the yeah. way yeah it was a great film as well yeah. yeah uh yeah mark i'll jump in if you'd like uh, in fact it was ironic because last night when i right when i was getting your email about the, where we talk about this i had not seen any of the movies and i went mm. to see green book last night mm. and my wife and i had a little battle i wanted to see vice but green book oh what a great script wasn't it fun oh my goodness the character development i mean the the the, the racial divide in the 60s mm-hmm. you know the relationship uh, of the marriage and family of uh, vigo's character vigo morganson who did a great job the italian heritage mm. I, I grew up in the bronx so i kind of really hit home oh, there you go yeah yeah and then was it was the, it accurate was it accurate yeah yeah That's it, awesome. it, but Yes, but not over the top, like some Italian uh, movies I've seen where they, you know, they make the accent too much or the goomba too much. Right. <laughs> this, this was, I thought, really perfect. And, and so it had a little of the humor in it, but obviously it wasn't a comedy, but the bonding of the two diverse people over that long road trip and, yeah. and how they grow. I mean, so the two characters are just terrific. Uh, it'd be hard for me to think this will not win something for the acting anyway. Much well, I mean, the the whole movie was i think you're right it was pitch perfect in in many it was very modulated it uh it didn't take the italian part too far it didn't take cuz it's right. a it's a perfect example first of all it's a road trip which is a great venue for any film um because you have a certain amount of time to 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 interact with the characters without having to worry about you know what am i doing here um but the other thing is it was it felt like it was real between these two guys the such a such a dichotomy you know you have the the wise guy you know who eats a takes a 24 inch pizza folds it in half and eats <laughs> a sandwich in bed um, and then you have the persnickety phd you know um concert pianist who who is trapped in certainly a velvet glove of some sort he just or I don't know, not a, not really a good analogy, but he, he railed against what he had to do because he was truly a concert prodigy. He was a classical music prodigy, but they forced him into more popular music in order to be more acceptable at the time, which I thought was also right. pretty interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I hear Roma's good. Um, I know I, one of my students in the intro class, which started last week, saw A Star is Born three times. She said she loved it. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, okay. I haven't haven't heard too many people talking about Black Klansmen. Um, that film was very interesting. Uh, I actually uh, was able to catch it on a plane. 
it uh, although it was on a tiny screen, I thought it was a really well done script. Uh, mm. I think it's the less talked about one right now. I, right. I, I know it's a, um, a Spike Lee joint. I wasn't exactly sure if that meant that he, I think he directed it and he probably wrote it as well. That's, but, yeah, that's his production company. Oh, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, one of the better written films of the year. I'm glad that it actually made the list here. Um, I don't think it's really a contender to win. It's probably on the bottom side of this list. Mm-hmm. Um, considering it's just, there's so many strong, uh, films in the category. Uh, probably a star is born is most likely, most likely has a better chance, possibly Buster Scruggs, uh, just because it is a Coen brothers, um, Coen Brothers uh, film, so uh, well, Buster, be Buster Scruggs is not best picture, but it is. Uh, I'm talking about writing. Talking adapted, about writing. yeah, but that's adapted. Oh, okay. original. <laughs> original is the favorite. First Reformed, <clears throat> which another one of my students said was great. Green Book, Roma, and Vice. I think Black uh, Klansman and Buster Scruggs were on the adapted. I was sorry, right. I, was, I was jumping between them. No, and no, so you're right. You're right. Star is born. And also, can you ever forgive me if Bill Street could talk and a star is born? Those are all adapted. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, field I, as as the Academy Awards. Um, well, they're February twenty fourth, so we'll do at least one more podcast before then, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll pick our we'll we'll do our a quick pick of our uh, the top categories and see how we do. My former co host Mary Claire Anderson Van Kempen. Um, we used is just one of those people that you can't mess around with the Academy Awards. And she, <laughs> she takes, she gets very high marks every year. She really studies this. So me, I'm a, um, yeah, I've heard of that movie. Let's vote for it kind of thing. But, um, <laughs> so we'll come back. We'll, we'll dial back around to this. Um, so anyway, let me see what else we got to talk about here. I'll pull up my script. Um, what are we working on? I'm going to skip for what are we watching uh, for right now. Although I will say I'm halfway through Bodyguard and oh my God, uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to finish. I almost binged it all last night. I almost finished it. I'd have been up till five in the morning, but who cares? Woo, what a great, <laughs> what a great show. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, really. Well, you know, it, it went in such unexpected directions after the first episode. I went, whoa. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, but what are we working on? Anybody besides me working on anything? I know, um, I know, Chris, you're probably still continu- continuing to work on your book. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm working on my um, latest story. Yep. Are you able to um, like step off into in a different direction if something hits you, or do you put that in your idea file? What do you do if like if something suddenly rears uh, into your subconscious mind and says, "Hey, pay attention to me." Try to go with it. Mm-hmm. If something, because I'm immersed in the story I'm telling, and suddenly I'm getting poked, hey, you know, take a look at this. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to explore it because I don't, I'm not one of these people that has, you know, the entire novel, novella, story mapped out from beginning to end. I usually have a beginning and then you know, some things I want to happen during it and I know where it's going to end. I'm talking but about everything. I'm talking but about everything in between. In between, if I get a good idea, I'm willing to go with it. No, well, I'm talking more about like, um, like if a script idea comes to you or a short story idea. Oh, you mean do I abandon what I'm doing? Not abandon. Not a bit. Yeah. Well, for the moment, put aside. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've done that in the past. 
but the few times that I've done it, whatever I was working on, I have a tendency not to go back to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, so Bruce, are you working on anything? Uh, I actually, uh, I'm about to start something, uh, today, I guess that doesn't really count, but I took the uh, LSAT yesterday, so I'm finally free. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So Great. I will be, I will be dedicating time to writing now. I'm very excited. Oh, cool. How'd you do? How'd you think you did? I think I did okay. I mean, I I became a hermit for about two months, so I I hope <laughs> I hope my my uh, lack of going out and lack of sun finally paid off. Yeah, because I mean, you'll never get a chance to do any of that again, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm too old now. Yeah, you're right. You're over the hill, <laughs> Steve. Uh, I know you yeah. finished your 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 script, and uh, right. Don't don't you know? Don't throw out the ideas or anything like that. But did you say? Did I hear you say you were working on another? <clears throat> you were using the same set of characters in a different right. time time or something. Right. I guess I'm doing two things. One, the the script that I finished in your class, I finally took all of the great feedback from you and the classmates over the last two semesters, and I, mm-hmm. what I would say, finished my draft two just recently. If you saw oh, draft good. one, so so now, and that'll tie in a little bit later in your podcast. You a question I'll have that may have universal appeal to others too on, on that thing but i just finished that and then yes i I crafted an outline of an idea for another screenplay somewhat Mm -hmm. based on true facts from 40 years ago with the same cast of crazy characters so the same genre of a comedy and at least put that down to outline form getting ready for uh for your next class you know to maybe start working on that yeah i remember oh sorry go go ahead bruce i was just curious can you give us the log line for your completed script no Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, don't, you mean, don't, don't do it, Steve. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you're serious. I won't. <laughs> I, I no. I well. Okay. I mean, if you're comfortable with it, but d- just remember, the uh, two or three people that listen to this podcast may be able to steal your ideas. Uh, oh no, worries. We can talk about it. We can talk about it off the air. No, it's uh, it's up to you. Copyrighted. I hope that's protected. Uh, yeah, good. good yeah, I, I don't mind. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll just give it a quick one. It's basically a a story based on true events from 40 years ago, summer of 1978 in Newport Beach, when the main character upon seeing the movie Animal House uh, gets so mesmerized by the toga party in the story, and at that time he was having so many parties that he embarks on throwing a bigger, wilder, and crazier toga party. Uh, than the movie version, and he gets egged on by his friends to meet that that goal, and it just chronologicalizes the seven days of event planning, which takes into account all sorts of things that go wrong and happen, and 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 culminates in a in the toga party itself, and then the disastrous aftermath. Mm-hmm. So the the That's one of the most fantastic stories I've ever heard, <laughs> and, and and you told him not to say it, Mark. How dare yeah. you? Uh, here we here we go. Now now Bruce is going to be writing your story. I know. <laughs> Listen, Bruce, if you probably could do a better job, then I'll go see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you you got you got all the yeah. story. <laughs> anyway, um, the thing that's great about Steve's story uh, that that I that he was able to take advantage of is he he picked a time frame of seven days. And so every day is a new set of adventures and uh, accidents and horrible things that happen. So it's right. it's got a great structure in that regard, and it builds up. It's uh, like a sports film. At the end of the yeah. at the end is the party, and and uh, then uh, the the the, the denouement is the uh, the aftermath of what happened, and it's really pretty cool. So yeah. um, let's segue into that. By the way, the reason again that I asked Steve to be on the podcast. Uh, is not that he has any 
terrific insight over a period of 20 years of how to write film. But he does have this great insight of uh, what he went through because uh, it was pretty – it was touch and go for a while. I know Steve would sit right. in class and say, oh, you guys have all great ideas. I only have this one. Um, and here we go. He's already got two more, three more ideas. So uh, you've obviously right. progressed down that road. Tell us a little bit about some of your life lessons or your writing lessons or what, what, what you took away from this experience, Steve. Yeah, I mean, when I, this party really happened 40 years ago, and I think I've been busy, I've worked, I never really thought about writing a screenplay, I never even thought how, but I always had this idea that this was a pretty wild time, and maybe there's a story here, and when I would have, get together with my friends, we talk about it, and our wives would always look away, like, oh, here they go again, <laughs> so I had these, these ideas, and then, you know, I retired a year ago, and I, and I actually just took a, you know, a, a, like almost like a novel. I just wrote 25 pages, I think, of the toga party, but I didn't know about screenplay formatting, to be honest with you, uh, but I had this, you know, just like each day, things that happen, and then, uh, so just jumping ahead, then I, I, I read a book on uh, screenplays, and Mark, if you had your book out, I would have probably bought that one, yes, but, you, you know, it's, yeah, it, it was similar in that I walked through the different things, but you don't get as much out of that as a class and then I took your intro class as you recall and that really hit home so I started crafting the toga party and um, went through that draft through your workshop mm -hmm. and I'll be honest with you I think with every class I would I would go in feeling really good to be honest with you like wow this is really good these screen these scenes I wrote the seven pages five mm -hmm. pages and mm -hmm. then it would get beat up pretty good but in a good way you know and I'd go back to my house, and then that week I'd, I'd fix it and then, ah, oh, it's even better. And it was always like I felt 30, 40, 50% better. And I would walk through it. But what I still haven't grasped, and the hard part that I found in writing the screenplay is, uh, is a couple of things. One is the character development. I, I had no idea how important that was. And, and I think you and some of the uh, good key people in the class would, would hit me on that, like, you know, why is he doing this? Why is the main character, I use my name, Steve, you know, why is he even doing this? Mm -hmm. What's his character arc? Mm -hmm. I was saying, what, what do you mean? You know, what's his goal? So I really had to come to grips with improving on my character development. I was, a, and I still don't, obviously don't think I'm all, all there, but that was a big part of, of a screenplay that I had not, that I underestimated. Mm -hmm. um, another one was, and I, somebody in the class said to me, Steve, don't let the truth get in the way of funny. <laughs> I was telling a true story. Right. And I was pretty funny, but I, I stuck too much to the truth. Right. And I, I actually had, I think, start uh, not just using hyperbole, but pushing the scenes, as you would say, Mark, in the right. class. I, I really... Well, I mean, if you're writing, time. if you're writing the true, if you're writing the story of how uh, the the allies took uh, Normandy Beach, right? Uh, yeah, you stick to the facts when you can. This is a freaking comedy about you know right. seven guys, seven idiots who put together a toga. I mean, come on, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Free. Yes, yes, but I was, and I think that was some of the comments and, and help I had, and then uh, I think I also used way too much dialogue. You know, like I started writing this, like I said, as a book. So then right. when I went to the screenplay, the the final draft software it had I had way too much dialogue, and another key comment I had from you and others was, you know, show don't tell, and mm. that stuck in my head. Mm. You know, don't let the characters, you know show what you're trying to say. And I really cut down on the dialogue. What was your uh, process for trying to, uh, I guess, avoid copying Animal House? Because obviously that was your inspiration for the film. I'm sure yeah. some of the tropes and 
uh, antics of the characters maybe gone to your head? What, what did you do? What was your process for sort of uh, keeping the, the voice original? Yeah, that's a good question, Bruce, because some of the people in the class said, you know, Steve, you're, you know, you're competing with Animal House, which I, of course, don't you can't. That was one of the greatest right. movies of right. all time. And I use the word toga a lot because I'm having a toga party. But I tried to use the Animal House as kind of the theme that, you know, it wasn't hidden. That is what's prompted the whole reason for the party. I, I try to avoid having a Bluto exactly, you know, or, uh, you know, the same kind of characters, a flounder and all that. I just I con- <laughs> consciously looked at some of my friends and went a little different route there. Um, and I just focused on the toga party, which, of course, in Animal House, the toga party is just a small part of the whole whole movie mm-hmm. but it's a good question because you know i think i had a girl scene with a girl and you know like she drops in front of him and, and the little kid says oh god and i think that was an animal house yeah it was had, i think yeah, somebody had to be a little, you on that yeah right mm-hmm. to be careful i wasn't copying even subconsciously i think that it's bruce to, to also partially answer your question is we kept them pretty honest during yeah. the process and told them you know this has been done a million times or right. you need to go different and even if it was in the movie you know you can do it if it's in the movie if it's an homage um mm-hmm. the other thing one of the one of the guys was a was particularly cruel to steve and uh he heard he heard from me about it but he said you know you got to quit comparing you got to quit saying uh animal house because you're comparing your movie to to mm-hmm. animal house and your movie isn't right and it was like oh my god could you be a little less but a little more political when you're so. But that's the other thing I wanted to ask you, Steve. Is um, I mean, did were you ever discouraged? Did mm. the did the workshop ever make you think I'm never going to get this or this is too much for me? No, a hundred percent not, Mark. I mean, and you think about it. If you do five or seven pages in your workshop, and and I think my screenplay is 125 pages. That's two semesters. Not even once did I come out of there feeling that way. I did go in every time feeling on a high, like my, the scenes I'm going to submit are great. Mm-hmm. And then I did come out of them sometimes a little more depressed, like, oh, cause it got beat up. But then I'd go back, like I said, the next day, the day after I'd improve it. And it was so much better. I don't know if it's 30 or 50% better based on the class. I don't think workshop. you can, yeah, I don't think you can quantify it. Right. You know, but it's just kind of like, uh, whether I pushed the scene a little more or I got a key idea and the llama, you know, it was, it was always, <laughs> so I came out of it just the opposite. Like Steve, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And, uh, so I took to heart 90% of what the challenge is. If can you use everything, you know, that's of course, uh, not easy. And, and, and one other point I have not done yet that I heard a lot of was, I needed a ticking clock. I needed, like, you know, I heard a lot that Steve, who was running this toga party, things were too easy for him, you know, to, to run the toga party. A lot of events happened, but I didn't have one of those major catastrophes that prevented right. everything. Right. And I'm still grappling with that a little bit. But it was a key point, I think, that I uh, that I hope I could still kind of put into the story. Mm-hmm. So bottom line, you 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 kind of got the bug. You you if you're working on a a sequel, right. uh, then obviously some ideas came out of this. Uh, you, you liked it either more than you thought you were. You thought or or you felt, gee, I'm right. capable of doing this. So let me let me push ahead to another one. Right. Yeah. And I work well off of an outline. I mean, I had for the toga party. I had an outline each day and each mm-hmm. scene. And I worked in the, and for the next idea I have same thing you know so I'm, I'm better I think Mark you mentioned I, I believe in your class you you just could go and write 
I'm a little more anal. I think I have to say, okay, you know, where am I going? But I at least, well, yeah, I have another yeah, one. Yeah, but I, me. I, I did more outlining when I first started. I mean, you, right. you know, you're talking about for my process. This is I'm on script 150 or 100. I don't even wow. know. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's it's second nature. I'm already I'm outlining in my head. I'm doing the same thing you're yeah. doing on paper, but I'm I'm just gotcha. not putting it on paper. So. Um, all right. Well, listen, that, you know, the thing yeah. is, is I, what I wanted to say, uh, I've said it in class, but what I wanted to say too, uh, publicly is that I, you really admire, um, of all the people who took my classes, I think you're one of the, one of the most, uh, determined people I've met to, besides Shaw, you know, Shaw, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> that guy. But I mean, uh, I'm really appreciative of the fact that you, you, you took everything with such great spirit. You made it happen. You actually finished your script and worked on a second draft, and you want to do another one. So I think that's yeah, that speaks no. very highly of you. Well, I would definitely say anybody that has the idea, whether you're like me, never did it, the best way is through a, a course like yours and reading a book. Like I said, I tried that, and you just don't get as much yeah. out. And then the workshop itself just improves it. It improves yeah. it. You can't quantify it, but substantially. Yeah. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. Well, on that note, let me do a couple commercials for uh, the podcast and for my classes. My classes are through Orange Coast College Community Ed, Community Education. Not through. Don't call the college and say, "Hey, blah 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 blah," because they don't know. Blah 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 blah. Uh, you have to go through the Community Ed, uh, Coast or uh, Orange Coast College Community Ed. <clears throat> I also teach a podcasting class that's starting this Saturday, February second. Uh, registration is still open for that, so. If you have any comments or questions on the podcast or my classes, or you just want to contact me or any of the guys on the podcast, you can go to uh, plotpoints.com, which is the website. iTunes also carries the podcast. You can also reach us through uh, 919. The phone number is 919 Scripts. That's S-C-R-I-P-T-S. And that's a Google Voice number. It'll go to a voice a voicemail, and I will call you back, or, or, or not, depending on how nice or nasty you are. So, uh, mm-hmm. Bruce, quit leaving me those messages. I'm really, I know it's you. And so the other thing is, um, my classes for screenwriting have started already, but uh, it's still not too late to jump into the intermediate class if you're already a, an experienced screenwriter. So if you want to take that class, you can still jump in. Again, it's. Uh, potpoints.com 919 scripts or oc screenwriters.com which is um our sister or well not the sister i don't know what to call it it's another organization i started <clears throat> by the way i'd also like to mention that i started another podcast called who writes who uh, whoever writes monsters um and this one is about people who work in the dark side of fiction and non-fiction writing more uh it's more ex- inclusive. It, it involves uh, uh, novelists, screenwriters. Um, I'll probably have a, uh, a cop or, or maybe a psychologist on to talk about serial killers or maybe, um, you know, human trafficking. Um, and my first guest, I recorded the first one yesterday. My first guest was Wendy Hornsby, who is a quite accomplished uh, novelist. She has a series of uh, stories that take place with her character, Maggie McGowan, but she's just a wonderful yeah, – the, the podcast hopefully will drop sometime this week. So look for it on iTunes. It's Whoever Writes Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
<clears throat> let's um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know why I got such congestion this morning. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Um, what I tasked all the boys to do was come up with your top five favorite movie quotes. Now, we do. Everybody does this all the time. I mean, we love quoting these movies, right? Uh, my friend and sometimes co-host uh, Lorenzo Porcelli has an encyclopedic knowledge. He can quote entire sections of movies. My, me, I, I, I just jump in every once in a while with something I read. Like when my synapses connect, I figure I figure some stuff out. So let's uh, let's talk to Chris uh, first and see what he picked. And um, as he said at the beginning of the podcast, I think someone told him to stay within this century. How'd you do, Chris? I did okay. I okay. mean, I could have easily taken all my favorite quotes from Casablanca, Cool Hand Luke, The Godfather, <laughs> Butch Cassidy, and right. Tombstone. Right. But uh, somebody suggested I stay within this century. Okay. <laughs> so I found five quotes that I thought were memorable and uh, from movies <laughs> made in the last 19 years. Great. Good job. Let's go. Okay. Well, to start off, you know, we'll keep this off the record on the QT and mm. very hush-hush. Yeah. LA so, Confidential. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, my number five, and I'm not going to quote all the screenwriters because, like, on this first one, there must have been half a dozen. But uh, it's the quote is, "Oh, he's killed the dog again." <laughs> okay, hmm. what's that from? Can't think. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, oh, one okay. with Robert Downey Jr. and um, yeah, got it. Jude Law and. What made the quote for me was when Mrs. Hudson added the again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Number four. Okay. Number four, I'm just one stomach flew away from my goal weight. (laughs) (laughs) That's from um, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, great. Oh, okay. okay. That's great. Okay. Number three. And then uh, you should catch this one. Why so serious? Uh boy, yeah, I, I recognize it, but um, I can't think. Yeah. Oh, it's. Are you serious? <laughs> this one's obvious. <laughs> why? Why so serious? All right, just say it. That's, that's the Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I've seen that movie once years oh, ago. Okay, only okay. once. Okay. Oh, yeah, Mark. only once. All right. That movie's a masterpiece. Okay, anyway. yeah. I'm okay. happy. Yes, I think it's a great movie. I just didn't remember that one line. But go ahead. Okay, and number two is my precious. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Star Wars. And then number one on the list, it's Wilson. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. That's a great list. It it, it does run the gamut. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Bruce, go ahead. Give us your uh, top five. Sure. Okay. So, uh, again, I'll preface by saying that these necessarily aren't the best top five, but to me, they're the best top five. Um, for number five, I put, uh, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. Cool runnings. Uh, that's one of been one of my favorite cool runnings has been one of my favorite movies since childhood. So I had to, I had to pop that one in there. Um, number four, I put, uh, uh, Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. And that was from, uh, 
uh, Jeff Bridges from the original Iron Man. Okay. Uh, and I, I put that in there because I thought it symbolically kicked off the Marvel Universe in the sense that everything started from this one movie and Iron Man really was that cave built in a cave with a box of scraps. And That's now true. it's one of the biggest things ever. So okay. um, number three, I put um, my father would womanize. He would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Um, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's Dr. Evil from, uh, the first Austin Powers movie. Definitely oh, one of my favorites. Okay. Um, number two, I played, uh, Mrs. Robinson. You're trying to seduce me, oh, aren't you? Nice. Oh, yeah. The Graduate, of course. Uh, one of the greatest yep. films. That's uh, one, of, something. one of your consistent, persistent fantasies, right? It really, it's something I wish <laughs> someone would have said to me as a teenager or even now, but they never do. So <laughs> that's uh, something I guess I have to live with. Um, and then my final one, I put uh, You Can't Handle the Truth, mm, A Few yeah. Good Men, uh, which, as I've dated more and more women, has become ever more apparent. <laughs> <laughs> Are you calling yourself Bruce the Truth Kazra? Is that what it is now? Uh, I was at one point, and I've realized it was a mistake, so no longer <laughs> am I. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know what always surprises me about you, Bruce, is the, the, the range. I mean, I I wouldn't expect your, your list is more what I would expect from Chris, <laughs> you know, because Chris does have, you know, these, these, this encyclopedic knowledge of movies that were made 30 years ago, but, uh, that's, you know, to his credit, he, he steps up, but that's, that's cool. That's cool that some of these movies, well, most of the, a lot of these movies were done before you were born. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So good, good list guys so far. Let's keep it going with Steve. Let's hear what uh, he has to say. Yeah. yeah. I, I picked five Mark. Mainly from what I used a lot when I was in sales and working. So it was easy for me to, I think, come up with the five and a couple of you probably will understand okay. from my screenplay where they come from. So number five would be drunk, fat and stupid is no way to go oh, through life, that. son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dean Wormer in Animal House. Um, my number four would be there's no crying in baseball. No crying and, in baseball. Right? Yeah. yeah. Tom Hanks and you now I'd substitute the word baseball once in a while. Uh, number three, uh, another movie that just talked about, it's not over till we say it's over. Was it over when the Germans invaded Pearl Harbor? And it was, of course, the great John Belushi line. And, uh, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, my number, right. My number two, I used a lot in my sales management would be always be closing, you know, and then we'd have first places in Eldorado Cadillac. Second prize is a set of steak knives, and third prize you're fired. You know, it was <laughs> great Derek Alec Baldwin, yeah, exactly the great Alec Baldwin, sales hard ass sales manager. Yeah, Gary Glenn Ross. <laughs> right. And my number one, and I'm sorry, Mark, it's it's not a PG, but uh, I've used it a lot. It's no, uh, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. And that was from <laughs> Harvey Keitel in as the Wolf in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great line. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's another great, uh, a great series of, uh, quotes. Uh, wonderful. Okay. So I'm going to give you my quotes and you guys have to guess. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so my first one is maybe wasps outgrow people, Diane. I'm Italian. We outgrow pants, not people. Godfather? No. <laughs> it's from the Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And Mickey great. Rourke to, um, uh, yeah, to yeah, what's yeah. her, Hannah, uh, Daryl Hannah. It's a great, line. great line. Uh, cause she tells, uh, uh, Mickey Rourke, when are you going to outgrow Polly, who's played by Eric, uh, Roberts? And he says, maybe wasps outgrow people, Diana Matai. We outgrow pants, not people. <laughs> uh, 
you guys should, somebody, one of you should get this. Uh, have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. Chris, I'm, so, I'm shocked. No, I'm drawing yeah. a blank. Me too. The fly. Ah. <laughs> where we're he's over, we're over two. Okay. He's he's turning into a fly and uh, what Gina Davis visits him and she wants to stay with him and he's trying to warn her. This is what I call this is talk about um uh, what do they call it uh, subtextual dialogue uh where he says have you ever heard of insect politics neither have I. He means if you don't get out of here I'm going to eat you. That's basically what he was he was trying to warn her to leave leave. Uh, so it's a wonderful line. All right, this one, one of you got to get this one. I'm no monument to justice. I'm no monument to justice. Nicholas Cage, share. Oh, um. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yeah. It's yeah. when Cher comes yeah. to meet uh, Nicholas Cage yeah. for the first time and says, you can't blame your brother for what happened to your hand. And he says, I'm no monument to justice. But I just think that's a great line. I think you All make right. the, ta- the tamest Nicolas Cage line possible. <laughs> but he screams it, so it's really... Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, this one is pretty cool. I, I think I'm going to... I may fool everybody with this one, but uh, the the previous line is, who are you? And the answer is, I'm Batman. What's that from? Uh, Batman with... Uh, I'm blanking. Damn, I just blanked on his name. Darn, the first one. Or Deadpool. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Batman was too easy. Batman yeah, was too it's, easy. he said. It's Cable says to him, "Who are you?" And Deadpool says, "I'm Batman." Uh, Don't get out of here. <laughs> all right, uh, misdirection. This one nobody's going to get, but I love it. Um, so the previous line to set this up is it'll either be an appeal bond or a sentence reduction, and the and the the response is, and the check is in the mail, and I love you, and I promise not to come in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. Got them all. all of those uh, are good. I know. I know, these are all great quotes. That's from uh, To Live and Die in L.A., which is yeah. a, a very underrated uh, movie from the 80s. But uh, it's one of the, my favorite. Uh, oh, favorite man. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was great. I think you guys came up with some terrific quotes. I love them all. Um, mm-hmm. I wish we had time to do a whole, yeah. a whole uh, podcast on quotes. But How do you write women so well? I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. Do you, does anybody have any questions that we can talk about or answer uh, regarding screen screenwriting? Uh, I have one, Mark, if you want me to yeah, kick no, it off, Steve, here. Yeah, and it, it's... Uh, Granted, it's applicable to me, but I hope it'll have more universal appeal to others in the, in the class and who are just starting. And that is after a script is written and maybe even the rewrite, let's like a draft two, a rewrite. What is your feelings on, should you send that out to a series of friends, colleagues, different demographics, millennials, people to get feedback? And even number two is part of that. What about a script service that, you know, you pay, I don't know. 100, 200, and they give you a report on. What is, what is your feeling about sending it out and getting um, inside feedback? Well, Chris, let me, you you have, you don't have as much screenwriting experience as I do, but you have as much uh, or more writing experience. What do you think? Well, how would you answer that? Not, not necessarily uh, just scripts, but material. No. I have found that unless your friends or relatives mm-hmm. are writers, they tend to be friends and relatives. Mm-hmm. Right. That was mm-hmm. wonderful. 
you know, I, I couldn't have done that or whatever. Yeah. And they don't help you much gotcha. as for paying a script service. I personally feel, you know, going to script workshops like Mark yeah. does, that is more valuable right. than a script service. Well, Chris, you and I come and from... the other option is just you send it out. You find something on ink tips where they're looking for something similar to what you've done, and you send it to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Chris. And hope for and the I, best. You and I met in in a writing workshop. Um, yes. And I think that's you know I based my class on a lot of what I learned in those workshops, and so I would uh-huh. I would think that that's your best your best opportunity. Yeah. Um, if you send it to a script service, Steve, they're doing what they're called, what's called coverage. And a lot of times the coverage will, will vary. Um, you know, one of our, uh, one of our stalwarts in the class, Joe, right. sends his stuff out every once in a while to these coverage places, pays three, four hundred dollars for coverage and basically tells me that he gets the same feedback from them that he gets in a workshop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you get into a workshop that's filled with some good, I mean, we have a great mix of people who are starting like yourself and quite accomplished like Joe and Emmett. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you get that, that range, um, I think you, you're, you're better off than just one voice saying this works, this doesn't work. Cause it's just an opinion. It's not, a, not necessarily, it's a, it's an informed opinion, but it's an opinion. I, I personally have some things that I don't like, that I don't like to see in scripts so if you give it to me, you're going to get yeah. my opinion about that. But that's if you're in a point. workshop, you're going to get a much better range. So no, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anybody okay. else have any? Uh, any? That's a great, great question, Steve. By the way, thank you. Uh, okay. okay, I'll throw one out at you, Mark. All right. When you're working on a screenplay, what's the most difficult part about writing for a character of the opposite sex? Ooh. Wow. Um. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one, and I don't. I don't know if I have a uh, an answer for that. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, you know, the thing is, is it's there. We're 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 basically all people. Now there are different things um, about women and men that that have you know we have different outlooks about certain things. I think sex probably is the the biggest one. But, you know, the emotional range of women, I think, is much greater than men. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you have to learn to, to do. I, and I, I'm not sure. I just think that you have to treat uh, everybody like, uh, like they're a person, like they're a fully realized person. Uh, with a woman, I, the thing about women characters is I think what you do is you get, you're better off getting feedback after you've written them to where you've la- you've your lack of understanding of that particular uh, uh, part portion of the population is, but um, I think we all love you know we all we all suffer from fear and pain and um, just to, I think you just determine what your character is capable of. I've I've met some women who don't act uh, as emotionally as a lot of women do, and I've asked some men who act or met some men who act more emotionally than a lot of women do. It's there's no such I don't think there's any such thing as uh, a, a standard. Um, there's a lot of generalities, but so just, I guess, just don't be too general with, with your female characters. But gosh, that's something I have to think about. I might have to write an article about that, Chris. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, what do you think? You write a lot of really great female characters. What do you think? 
Well, <laughs> somebody offered me, and I don't know if this will work, but through the uh, offered me this suggestion one time. They said, here's the situation, and the woman is reacting to it. Do exactly the opposite of what a guy would do. <laughs> yeah. Good rule of thumb. That's that, that, the way to go. That, 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 that stuck with me for some reason mm. over the years, mm. but I try not to do that, and I try to do what you've said. Some things are universal, so work with those. If I'm having a tough time writing about a character of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. I grab some books that are written by women mm-hmm. and take a look at not, you know, not read the entire book, but just read different sections. Right. Just steal what you can. I get it. I think that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, Bruce or, or Steve, I, I mean, neither one of you has that much uh, writing experience, but do you have any thoughts on this? Um, you know, it's a great question, and I don't. I'm in my script. I had to have some dialogue of a female, and 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 I think one of the challenges I had from both sides is it's a time period piece, like 1978, and trying to write how men and women interacted back then, and how it is today with the Me Too movement. Mm. I had a problem, you know, and I yeah. still kind of do. Well, where do you, you know, so so not just the women's dialogue, but the men's side too. When you have a time period, right? Yeah. Yes, I have my wife read it. To be honest with you, sometimes I said, you know, I'd ask her, does this sound over the top, or does this? Yep. But I question your wife's judgment because she really she married you. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> boom, boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. Did you see me? Mic drop the mic. <laughs> I can feel it. Uh, uh, what about you? What about you, Bruce? I mean, do you have any? Uh, you know, let's not let's let's try to stay out of the Playboy Mansion with this yeah. one. But uh, yeah, no, have- I uh, although most of the things I I have written in the past have been a little a little more uh, sensual, we could say. <laughs> um, I, I try to, I always, I always try to make the, uh, the woman, the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I know, I know this technically, this necessarily might not be always the best strategy, but, uh, it, it tends to create for more comedic moments. And, uh, I, 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 I tend to enjoy that more. And it, honestly, it tends to be true in my own life. So yeah. I, I try to keep it true from that perspective. Yeah. I think just writing from a point of truth, uh, about the, the women that we know, we all know, I think we're all fans of very, of strong, intelligent, uh, women who uh, who are capable of a wide range of both uh, brilliance and idiocy. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like anybody else, like people. You know, so here's here's I finally figured out uh, a, a good a better answer for this. So it's uh, it's you know I, when I write women, I think of a man, I take away reason and resp- and accountability. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you one more chance to take that back. <laughs> well, what's, yeah. that, what's that from? It's a bonus quote. It's That's a, a good quote. quote. From, I don't know, but from, I'll use it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's from As Good As It Gets, Jack Nicholson. Oh, oh that's, that's right. a great line. Yeah, wow. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, well, I think what we've got here is failure to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool hand, Chris. All right. <laughs> uh, Another great line, though. Oh, yeah. That movie. Well. Is, oh, my God. That movie's filled with great lines. Like, oh, I, you could just you could just make a whole show on Cool Hand. Yeah. Maybe we should do again, you know, just. Eat fifty eggs in an hour. Yeah, oh my everything. God. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's so uh, it's so compelling from a you know from a, that period in 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 film was so amazing for the changes that were coming about the counterculture. Uh, uh, yeah, 
So we right, probably well, could do uh, the top prison movies, Mark. You know, that's that's always a fun one. I mean, everybody yeah, loves prison yeah. movies. That's true. That's yeah. true. There are some great ones out there. I'm still I still a fan of Brew Baker and um, the uh, well, not, not, of course. Huh? Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, cool Hand Luke, of course, yeah, you just cool. said. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen, um, does anybody have any other questions? If not, we're going to, we can call it a day, but uh, any, I'll leave it open for one more question. No? Yes? No? No. I'm okay. Good. I'm All right. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Um, listen, this was wonderful. It, uh, it, the hour or whatever we've been on this flew by. Um, mm-hmm. so that's a, to me, that's always a sign of a, of a really great, uh, session is when, when you just look back and you go, wow, we just started this and now it's done. But, um, Remember, uh, again, uh, lads and lasses from, uh, Red Dead Radio Land, we are Pod Points Podcast. I'm gonna have to take that lads and lasses out. That was really dumb. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we are a, a, a kind of a tangential production of OC Screenwriters and OC Film and Television. You can find us on the interwebs anywhere. Uh, my name is Mark Sevi, S-E-V-I. So if you type that in or type in OC Screenwriters or OC Film and Television. Also, we have a, a website for the podcast called plotpoints.com. And um, there's we're on iTunes. And I, there's a bunch of other places that have picked us up, which is great. So if you look for podcasts in general, I think, uh, I can't remember which one specifically I saw the other day, but it was kind of, kind of cool to see that we had, um, populated other podcasting, uh, Spotify. Are you on Spotify? I, I think we are. And, but I, there was another one and I can't remember the name of it. I'll just have to, I'll just have to look and see. Um, so if you have a question or a comment, um, or you just want to say hello, it's 919 scripts, S C R I P T S. It's a Google Voice um, number. You can leave a message, and uh, I will return your call or, or your email or whatever. If you want to email us, you can go to plotpoints.com and use that email thing. Um, my guests today, who are really great guys, a lot of fun, uh, great spirit, just, uh, just I, I would take any of these guys into war with me, uh, honestly, um, is uh, Chris Styers. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Bruce Kazra, who is always a joy. Great to be here. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, and uh, our uh, our buddy Steve Tiso, who is now part of the uh, part of the club of people who have actually mm-hmm. finished a screenplay. So thanks, Steve, for taking yeah. out some of your time for to to tell us uh, why this is such a great thing to be doing. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it, and and, and your class and all the great help. And yeah. Chris and Bruce, I enjoy listening to you guys every couple of weeks bantering with Mark. I haven't listened to the podcast for I don't know. <laughs> oh, nine we, months have, now, we have a so. fan on. Yeah, we have he's a fan yeah, on. yeah. You're the one. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoy it. Keep it going. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll have you. We'll have you back. I mean, Thank once you. you maybe once you come back to class and uh, you, after you're done uh, with your yeah, family. No yeah, we'd, no I'd love worries, to have Mark. you back. So, Can't um, wait to do it again. Yeah, Thanks. well, you you were great. Appreciate it. So, Okay, for all of us here in uh, Dead Radio Land and for OC Screenwriters, OC Film and Television, um, and Plot Points uh, Podcast, be inspired, do good work.